You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Study Side Up. I'm your host, Asher Matthew, and I'm super excited to welcome Subu onto this show to talk about a different path to sales. Subu, welcome. Thank you, Asher. Excited to be here with you. Hey, folks, my name is Subu David Nagam. I just go with Subu. Terrific. Well, the audience may not know, but Subu, you and I overlapped in your days at NetSuite, huh? That's right. That's right. We had a we we had some some uh, great connections between NetSuite and Avalara, where you worked at. Um, so excited to reconnect with you, Asher. Yeah, no, that was great. I mean, it was a fantastic time, like you know, creating the path for both companies. Uh, I just remember, like, like both com- like having being inside of Avalara and knowing a little bit about about uh, NetSuite by hanging out with you guys. Both companies had this like magical energy that just broke through all the walls of cloud or whatever. Th- in those days, were the things that we had to c- overcome to build those businesses. I, you know what, I have fond memories. It was, it was a great time. You know, you don't, sometimes you don't, you don't see it while you're living it. Uh, You see the, the chaos and the stress, but, you know, having come out of it and looking back, uh, you're absolutely right, Matt Asher. It was a uh, fantastic time. Two companies growing uh, at, at breakneck speed. We were having a ton of fun, closing a bunch of deals, and uh, and, and drinking from a fire hose for for many years. Yep. And some great relationships too, you know, because I can great remember like everybody that I met at NetSuite was just fantastic. You know, actually, Mark Huffman, I, I was just texting with him like two three days ago about something, and I didn't realize that he became CEO at somewhere else. So it's, it's yeah, he's, so he's done that well. group was just tight, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. So superb. So tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are. Obviously, you're at SAP now, but uh, for the folks in the audience, it would be great to understand, like, super, like, how did, what was your journey like to get to where you are today? Yeah, it's uh, certainly an interesting path. Um, It's one that I didn't chart out 20 years ago when I started. Um, so just, just like many people from the subcontinent, I came to the U S, uh, with aspirations of being a, uh, a computer scientist, right? So I came in for my master's in engineering and, uh, wanted to gain some experience before I, uh, went on to do other stuff. And, um, uh, my first role was, uh, at a company that was, uh, again, an accidental connection, uh, where I, you know, in the old days when you don't have uh, uh, the, the internet at the stage that it, it is today, right? Like it was just uh, uh, bulletin boards where you posted resumes and asked for jobs and people posted for jobs. And I made this random connection from Buffalo to the Bay Area. And uh, I joined this company called Wind River, which was, uh, um, again, Completely random. I, I didn't. I didn't pick any of this stuff out. 
but it turned out to be an amazing company and um, it was growing at, 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 at a crazy uh, 50 to 100% rate um, that a lot of opportunities opened up. And my plan was to grow in engineering and do, you know, technical stuff, but I accidentally got some exposure to the field. And uh, it was it was just uh, uh, intoxicating to to be to look at that side of the you know basically outside of your building and looking at uh, what the people the fun people have in the field. And it was one of those things, Asher. I got to say, I I never thought I would be good at it, and I thought it's going to be an incredible challenge for someone with my background to actually be able to go talk in front of customers. Um, so it, I took that as a challenge and I, I started the exploration at that point. Superb. And I've been waiting for this day because I thought maybe I was the only other person from the subcontinent that went to school for computer science and then ended up in sales. But I'm glad there's at least two of us. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are there, there are not that many, but there, there are a few of us that Went to the dark side, I would say. Uh, <laughs> and I've, I've had the pleasure of working with a couple of them. That's um, it's always, it's always um, an uneasy feeling when you're, when, when you're leaving your comfort trap, right? When you're an expert, when you have the experience and you feel like you are really good at it, people have... Um, People are appreciating you for the skills you have, and they are um, charting a course for you. And then you look at yourself and go, well, I'm going to work on some of my weaknesses, and I'm going to take a role that actually exposes my weaknesses, um, you know, being one of, you know, speaking in public, speaking to uh, large audiences, being in a position to convince people, right? Like all the kind of things. So it was a very uneasy feeling when I when I first started, although the excitement was there that I'm going to you know, try, try a new journey. Well, you never know until you do it. <laughs> That's my mantra. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about the journey, right? Because sales from what it used to be way back in the day and then cloud sales and sales in, let's call it post-COVID, right? Like, the fundamentals I feel are the same, but but the styles are different. So, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I think just like anything, right? If you look at the technology stack um, from twenty years ago, even ten years ago to now, um, it's completely different, right? How uh, a a company builds a product and um, uh, takes it to market. Um, the, the building part is it's entirely different tool, tool sets. It's entirely different building blocks. Um, I mean, can you can you imagine a startup going to Fry's, uh, buying a computer, putting it together, um, you know, setting up their own network, and getting an ISP, you know, connected to the internet, and building, you know, a service that they're going to deliver. To their to their customer. I mean, it it's it just like you will laugh at it, right? If no, you mean you want it. me to like write code? I thought right. I don't have to write code anymore. I can just create an app. <laughs> exactly. 
I mean, when the technology stack evolves like that, uh, it is only natural the rest of the processes also evolve. Um, so, you know, my, my career, you know, primarily I've sold to developers uh, for, for a big part of my life and the other part to, uh, to finance, uh, to business, business folks. And everybody has faced this change of uh, rapid acceleration of how a product is taken to market, not just the technology folks, right, with their cloud tools and so forth. Uh, when you go to market very rapidly, you have a different business model. Um, you have, you know, in many, many companies do a freemium model, right, uh, open source model. So the role of sales changes dramatically depending on the company um, and the product set that you you support. Uh, if you if you're not the traditional enterprise sales, uh, your your uh, first engagement to the customer is is dramatically different, right? Like they've had so much exposure with the freemium model or an open source model, um, they're they're already an expert. Uh, to some extent in your product. So you're not going in to educate them. You're going in to see where they're at. So I think that's one of the biggest drivers, I think, um, that changed uh, how we go to market, how, you know, what the role of sales is, um, is evolved from the from the days of, uh, you know, taking someone out to lunch, educating them, maybe playing golf with them, right? Building a repo. You had a lot of time to sort of let the, uh, <laughs> let the relationship evolve first. Um, and then you brought, you brought up the, the value uh, that your company is going to deliver to the, uh, uh, to the, to the prospect. Um, that table has certainly turned. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And you know, like, one of the things I'd like to learn from you is about your mental model for sales. Because I know in my own transition, I had to be aware of not multiplying the conversation, but actually simplifying the conversation so people could digest it in a bite-sized manner, right? That was how at least I started in sales, right? But over the years, like I've done multiple different things to understand who I am and how can I sell better, right? And I know... Yeah. That may sound like a very cliche statement, but a salesperson's first job is to sell, right? Now, they could sugarcoat it whichever way they wanted, but at the end of the day, you're doing a job, right? But everybody has a mental model. So over the years, like, what was your mental model, I guess, when you started? And what's your mental model for sales today? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, evolved over the years, you know, partly because of the market and partly because I was... You know, I was I wasn't really prepared for sales when I transitioned. Like it was, uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't um, I wasn't a natural at it. So I'd always been a student of it. Um, so it's that learning curve for me, right? That that has also helped me grow quite a bit over over the years. And I'm still learning, man. I'm still learning. <laughs> you know. Um, so I, I would say, you know, coming to the mental model, right? So when you when you start off, like you, you know, there is a little bit of an anxiety to um, to getting into a conversation with somebody. So 
where where you end up taking the conversation is to areas that you're comfortable speaking. And invariably, it tends to be your product, right? You're an engineer. You came from engineering. You're very comfortable with the product. So it becomes one of uh, a... Uh, uh, a, a show and tell or, you know, show, 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 you know, just show up and throw up, right? Like you got that kind of a mental model. Where sales really happens is, is between the years of the customer, just like any, many other things, right? And, and what, what I've learned over the, over the course of my career is you got to understand where they are. Um, and really help them navigate to where they want to go. And the person that is able to do that with a lot of credibility uh, is, is certainly perceived as a sales rep who added value to their customer. Um, so anyway, so that's that's kind of been my, my experience, right? I've been on both sides, Um you know, what I see when others come and sell to me is just that, right? Somebody who leads with a with a, a true intention to seek to understand uh, really builds more credibility than somebody who comes and leads with their product or a solution. Yeah. And That's every, super wise. That's yeah. extremely wise thing that you're saying because – when a person is coming into a conversation with you, you just don't know what is all the situation around them or what did they just come out of, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You 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 that is that is that is you summarized it well, right? Like you don't know where they're coming from, you don't know what they've come out of, and you don't know where they're headed. Um and the art of sales becomes how do you build enough credibility? Um, so that you're able to have that conversation, right? So if you had the trust, if you had the trust with somebody like you and I have, right? Like we've, we've uh, worked together before, you know, I know you're a good guy and hopefully you feel the same about me. I pick up the phone and call you in the same way you pick up the phone and call me. It's like, hey, Asher, how you doing? We have the trust. And then you, 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 you would not lead into a demo with me, right? Like if you want to sell me something, you'll say, hey, Subu, we, here's what we're trying to do for other companies. Um, help me understand where, what you're doing in this area. What are your big challenges? And that's kind of where we need to take, take uh, everybody in sales, right? So that they, you know, collectively the, the, uh, the role of sales has a better, you know, reputation in the marketplace. Yep. 100% agree. And, you know, the, and this is super, super, super timely that we're having this conversation. I'm especially happy with this with you is because the, the art of creating a champion, right? Or even like introducing yourself to one, right? I think that's also an important piece. And folks like yourself, I mean, I know for, for a fact, like every morning I wake up, I know I'm a techie by nature. 
right? Yeah. And then I have this massive you can't, you imposter can't take that away from you. You can't, right? right? You yeah. just can't. This is who I am, right? And I love tinkering with things. I'm a big data nerd and and I love to party and it's like all those amazing things out there, right? But Where did that come from? Love to party? <laughs> <laughs> well, my partying is like with my two kids, right? So it's a little oh, bit different gotcha. than most people's partying, yeah. So <laughs> but but the but the thing is, is the the I have to go through this massive imposter syndrome first, right? Because yeah. I'm like I'm not business, I am technical, and then I have to go. Then once I've, I once I cross that bridge, then I have to say, okay, well, now I have to like learn a little bit about this person. And rather than fake what they're saying and mirror it, I don't, right? But then even I struggle with developing a champion. And once you once you first figured out like whether this person is a champion or not. That's half the struggle, but once once you meet with them, how do you develop them, right? So I'd love to understand like how have you or if you have tidbits or some advice for people on developing champions, because I think that is super duper important, especially in the world we're in now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think um, you know, in in the time we have, like here here's what I'd say, you know. If I were to summarize this this whole um, uh, the art side of sales, right? You can learn many. They can read a ton of books, right? Like you 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 go all the way from the old um, um, uh, you know sales books that uh, that talk about you know question based selling. Um, to evolving uh, into more and more structures and how you uh, uh, the art of building that sale. But where where I, I've seen these kind of things break down is when you just lead with a set of um, set of uh, methodology uh, without without credibility, right? So any any methodology that you bring into sales that doesn't where you you're not being yourself is going to come across as a quote and I'm doing air quotes here right a salesperson. Yep. Uh, the more natural you are, the more credible you're going to be, and all these things about building a champion and all that it's gonna it's gonna naturally happen in a sales process. Uh, because, you know, tr- trust me when I say this, right? There's not a single deal where you you go absolutely change somebody um, 180 degrees from their point of view. Um, you're, you're, you're not, you're not, you know, if, if every one of your deals is like that, you know, it, it's going to be, a, you're in the wrong company. You're not aligned with the market. Um, you're really taking somebody who really wants to do something and you're giving him or her the structure to make that change happen within their company, right? So the desire is going to be there when you engage with a, with a customer. Um, and when you, when you find the desire, you gotta, you gotta find that you gotta really trust yourself to build a good relationship that is based on your own honest, um, uh, viewpoints your your true self and you know you 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 truly want them to succeed and if you bring that out in your uh in your interactions you're going to build that champion 
And I'm going to, I'm going to save the rest of the tools and techniques and everything for the books, because there's a lot out there that, um, you can, you can go read. Um, one of my, one of my favorite books I would say is, uh, let's get real or let's not play by, uh, Mahan Khalsa. Uh, that's the name of the, the guy who wrote the book. It's, it's what, it's a, it's a really good book that, you know, takes you through having a very credible conversation uh, with a with a prospect while keeping their true, you know, while keeping while staying true to yourself, but keeping their interest in mind. Well, super wise, and I think that's probably the best definition of lift, where. Uh, where you find somebody who's already looking to make a change, not by the product, but looking to make that change, right? And uh, if you catch them, then uh, and you help them, you will have the the credibility, but you will also have a really fun time building something together. Yeah, absolutely, Asher. No, I, I would, I would, I, you know, I do want to clarify. I don't, I don't want to leave the impression that you want to find somebody who's who's got the intent to change already. I just, I just, you know, what I really mean there is the latent desire to make a change happen in the organization is there. Uh, it may not be articulated by this person, but they have, you know, you have to find the person that, that has that, that desire. Uh, if they don't have that and, you know, if they're very comfortable with what they have, then you're making a 180 degree, you know, mm-hmm. transformation. That is going to be hard, right? You may, you may have, you may have to take them maybe 90 or 100 degrees, but like going 180 degrees on somebody who's super comfortable with what they have um, and have no desire to change, it, it's just not the right person for you to, you know, develop as a champion. Yep. Hope they have to believe it. Good. Well. Yeah. Th- that, that was great. Any other learning moments? I know normally we keep this podcast short, but the co- I, I really value the conversation. So any other uh, lessons that you've learned that you would like to share with with the audience? Because I know there's a whole bunch of techies out there that would want to explore the business side of the world. Right? Yeah. And and so maybe, you, maybe we can share some words of inspiration or some lessons learned that would help them make the jump. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'll tell you the path that I took, right? My first step was to become a sales engineer. So leveraging my technical uh, background to get into uh, more of a sales, um, under the sales organization. And I, I remember the first demo, right? The first demo, which was all about, um, you know, the anxiety I had and getting in front of a customer and being able to, you know, talk for two hours about the product and, and keeping that real. I mean, that's, that's kind of where things get real, right? So it, you will learn a ton by, by doing it, right? So the big, big difference between reading books and, and, um, uh, and, and, and being credible is, is the, is the experience, right? So, if somebody's got the desire to do it, I, I would say just you got to jump right into it. Leverage the strengths you have and find a role that'll allow you to be in the organization that you want to be in. And sales, you know, again, it's got 
it's I've had a great run, tremendous upside, but there is there is a learning curve, right? It is humbling many times. Like you come in thinking you're gonna, you know, you're you're a smart guy, you know, you know what you're doing, and you're gonna figure it out, and it is humbling. Um, but you gotta just like anything, right? Like if you if you if you uh, are committed to it and willing to work hard and sustain through the downs, the the upside will be there. Super wise. All right. So now to a little bit of the fun part of the podcast, right? So tell us a little bit about your, so you, you weren't born here, right? You actually migrated to the country. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So I was uh, uh, born in, uh, uh, in, in Madras in India, in South India, and uh, where the uh, winters are 70 to 80 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, and I landed in Buffalo, New York. For my masters, where the <laughs> where the win- winners are, I, I found out are quite a bit lower. Yep. And uh, and did you come by yourself, or was did your family migrate as well? No, it was it was just me. Um, I came with the uh, hopes and dreams and three thousand dollar loan for the first quarter. <laughs> I mean, the, the, these stories are amazing. I remember when I was flying. So I flew out on August 20th, 2001, basically, right? Uh-huh. And then uh, and then I still vividly remember saying bye to my dad. And uh, and and it was just an interesting situation because here I am, I just finished A-levels, and I'm supposed to basically now leave all the relationships behind and go to this foreign land to, like, do something, right? Yeah. And it's a pretty daunting task. Like you kind of kind of have all the odds against you, right? Because you have no idea, you have no context, and you're completely going to, into a brand new culture, brand new, new place. And then I go to Cal Poly Pomona, which is a which is a school that has twenty two thousand people in it, right? You go from a small town to like something like that, right? I'm sure you had some of the similar experiences as well, in uh, in in just understanding and assimilating into a new culture, basically. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, um, yes, it, it was it was that. Um, you know, I, 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 it's like you you look back at the risks you have taken in life, and many have paid out, many haven't, but you feel richer for having taken those risks. Um, uh, so I, I think that's. It's it's a tremendous thing that you did and the sacrifice that your parents made, right? Um, and it, it's it's a little bit personal right now because I we just dropped our daughter off at college. Wow! Uh, and keep in mind, this is within the U.S. Yes, yes. <laughs> and we have something called FaceTime now, right? Exactly. Like we're talking every day. Yes. And she sends me like seven texts a day. Uh, and and it's still it's still um, you feel that that um, anxiety and the uh, uh, that separation, and I can only imagine the how our parents felt, right? Exactly. Like, we had calling cards. Remember those <laughs> calling cards? And it was rationed. I mean, for me, like I had a certain budget per week for calls, and I could only make a call once a week. Um, it was, I mean, I, you came a little bit later, but, um, in 92, it was like $2 a minute. Uh, oh, wow. AT&T, AT&T was the only game in town. 
is it? It maybe two hundred dollars seventy five or something like that. And we had a certain rations. Like I got twenty minutes. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> I remember like sixteen point seven cents a a minute. So like in the in the eight uh, years or nine years, you know, uh, that that I came after you, uh, like it went from two dollars to like nine sixteen cents. Wow. That's right. That's right. It was, um, yeah. I, so I, I do, I do look back at, you know, some of the, uh, I mean, I have more empathy for my parents now, right. To that, the, the, the chances they took and, uh, the sacrifices they made, um, just so, uh, you know, they felt there was the opportunity for me, you know what I mean? Like it's, uh, it's, uh, it's one, one crazy ride. So I think there's going to be two types of people that are going to want to know you. <laughs> one are all the techies that want to move towards business. And yeah. one are all the parents who are thinking about sending their kids around for him. <laughs> so, so you may have like two businesses after this podcast. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, so the jokes of art, like if people want to connect with you, what would be the best way to reach out to you and, and maybe learn from you? I, I think uh, you know I'm, I welcome the opportunity to connect with everybody, and um, uh, you know LinkedIn is probably the easiest way. I, I don't really have Facebook or any other accounts, so uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, you should be able to find me at, at LinkedIn.com/in/subud. S-u-b-b-u-d uh, would be my. You'll get to my profile. And, uh, you know, thanks. Thanks a lot, Asher. I uh, really enjoyed the chat and uh, uh, really appreciate uh, all the interesting questions. Yeah, no, thank you so much for coming out to the show. And I tell this to everybody, everybody that comes on the show, because we don't have a plan for the show, right? This is everybody that comes onto the show leaves a piece of them on the show, you know. So thank you for spending time with us and, uh, and best of luck in your journey. Thanks, Asher. Really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us and share these insights with your peers.